Welcome to This Is Our Year, a Minnesota Vikings podcast with Mikey and Carrie and Austin. So we are here at the Dolphins post game. The Vikings will head into their bye at five and one. It was Woo! not, not pretty at all for either team. Classic. But the Vikings got the win. A lot less pretty for the Dolphins. I guess we'll just be happy about that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, this was a – I think this was a really tough condition to play in. You know, something that uh, something that we should talk about was, you know, the heat. The heat and the humidity of this game. I don't know if you guys saw the graphic where, like, they showed the, the temperatures side. on the sideline. Vikings, it was at about 120 degrees Fahrenheit. Dolphins side was at about 90. So not really good for anybody. But I, I know they were they were preparing all week. You know, they were they were hydrating all week. They were sitting in the sauna, turning it extra hot, practicing in full sweats. So they were ready for this one. But that's honestly that's how the that's the Hard Rock Stadium was built was for that exact reason. And they had it designed that way so the home team can stay cooler. And the away team has to deal with that heat. And also, I saw there's another rule. I don't know if it's just at the Hard Rock or if it's just a whole NFL rule where if one side, they have, like, these missed fans, but both sides have to agree on using them for them to be used. And the Dolphins didn't want to use them, so that was a reason why we couldn't have, like, certain fans out there on the guys, too. And a lot of people are mad at uh the Dolphins, again, now for not caring about player safety, for not allowing away teams to have that right. Right. That's so weird. Like, you know, at this point, it's like, when do you start questioning, like, player safety? I mean, I get, like, first of all, they made the Vikings wear their purple uniforms. Like, you know, what if, imagine if they had been, yeah, actually, we're going to make you wear your purple pants, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, it's brutal, so... Yeah, I've heard uh, a lot of people are not really, really pleased with this uh, Dolphins team this year. They are not happy whatsoever with them. No, and, and like, really, it, it has nothing to do with the talent on the field, which their talent on the field is really good. And, you know, for a minute, we can talk about Skylar Thompson, who looked like he was cooking before he injured his thumb. You know, he was he was able to, you know, throw the ball deep and make plays with his legs. So again, you know, the main point of that is it doesn't it doesn't have to do with the talent on the field. It's, you know, the way the organization is being run. And that's yep. that's really it's a disservice to the talented players that they have and to the yeah. fans, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, sure. yeah, no, that it was a uh, I remember actually earlier this season when the Bills faced the Dolphins, where the Dolphins ended up getting the win, that did end up happening where the the Bills, they weren't prepared. I think Diggs had to leave the game because he got dehydrated. You know, there was a, mm-hmm. a lot of players that really got kind of banged up after that game on the Bills. Not not like injured, but just, you know, couldn't handle the elements. And I think the Vikings no. did a really, really nice job of preparing during the week for that game. And that defense, uh, they did a really nice job adjusting for that game. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, we had we had some really really good uh, PFF grades for multiple players on the Vikings. You had Zadarius Smith with a ninety two <laughs> grade, uh, Daniel Hunter with a ninety point seven grade, Patrick Peterson eighty nine point nine. Uh, then you also had Patrick Jones in there making plays. 
uh, who needs DJ Wanham, I guess, right? He was out with illness. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah two, was, was really it two good. sacks? Did he get two sacks that game? Yeah, he got two. Yeah. And they were not just uh, unblocked sacks. He beat his guy, you know? That uh-huh. was too, too good, just like a good player on a worse player, which I know, you know, Dolphins were a little bit banged up going into this one, and that helps. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that – that can happen to any team, any season. I mean, you look at the last couple of years for the Vikings, they've been really just kind of banged up. I think especially along the defense. So it like, seems like we, we came out of this game pretty clean. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and we're going into the bye healthy. Which is great. It's, I mean, you're going to get a lot of rest and I mean, yeah. So like if there's any players that are suffering with anything that isn't on the list or being reported right now, then that gives them just time to heal up and, Rest up, which is a great time to go into a bye week five and one. I mean, I think that beats all of our expectations that we imagined going into the bye week. It sounds more like it sounds like one of those things. I don't we didn't do like a like a big like score projection episode this year. But this sounds like it would be like our, you know, kind of our ideal, our deal, ideal situation. Oh, yeah, we're going five and one. It can't really get much better than that. It sounds almost fake. But no, this this really happens, well, and, and you don't have to apologize you know, for those wins. There is a part of me that feels as if not that it's fake, but you know, it's like, how deserving are we really of this record? And you know, you can't be mad at it. I'm not mad. Hell yeah, I'll take a five a five and one record and a two game lead in the division. Like, are you kidding me? But at the same time, you know, it seems like such a fluke. Which you know, my my hope for this bye week is that you know. This is going to be really gross. I hope you guys are ready for this. But I feel like the Vikings right now are a, are a big pimple, a big zit. And right now, I think this bye week is going to be – something's going to something's gonna pop during this bye week. You know, I think at, something's going to happen during this bye week where we are going to figure something out. We're either going to become really good mm-hmm. during this bye week and we're going to come and show, hey, yeah, here we are. We are a contender, in fact. Or we're going to come back out of the bye week and we are just going to suck the rest of the year. We're going to lose like three games in a row. That's like my – that's where I'm at right now with these Vikings. Right. Well, it's it's one of those things. You go into the bye week at 5-1, and one, you know, with a lot of our players who have not, you know, statistically been, you know, living up to their expectations. Like, this team – has been, you know, obviously we're five and one, but Kirk Cousins, statistics wise, this has been maybe one of his worst statistical seasons so far. Um, we were talking about Eric Kendricks, uh, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, also, you know, they have not been great, which means that we have reason to believe, if you want to believe it, that m- maybe. Things will go back to their normal, that maybe that there is some progression to come along. You know, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I remember last season kind of we were talking about this, and my always biggest problem like when I had with Kirk Cousins was, yeah, his numbers look good, but he's not playing winning football. And I think this season it's different. I don't think the numbers are the main priority. I, don't, I think we're just playing winning football. And sometimes your numbers aren't going to be the best when you're doing that dirty work and going through the mud to get the W. And that's where I think we are. And honestly, I'd rather stay on this path 
than going back to it last year and having Kirk Cousins put up career highlight numbers. I'd rather pull a W with him throwing under 200 yards than have him throw 400 yards and we lose a game. Well, ideally, he's throwing 400 yards and we're winning games. <laughs> no, I mean, right, ideally, ideally, but sometimes ideally, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Sometimes you got to play a different style. Sometimes you got to you got to be a little more conservative with the ball, or you you, you just can't be playing uh, the style that he was last year. And also, remember last year we were in so many close games where it's just you couldn't take your foot off the brake. I mean, not off the brake, off the gas. And this year, I feel like we're just putting ourselves in situations where we're kind of – there's been a couple tighter games, but we've been able just to coast and go into cruise control on a win. And, I mean, hey, I, I don't know what it is. I agree with you guys. The numbers aren't looking as good as they have been, but the results are better than they've ever been. No, you're well, right. Right. I think, I think my point on that is, like, we might be able to even expect those numbers from a lot of these players – to increase because we're playing a different style and it might have just been kind of a weird few weeks so like I don't think it's crazy to think that Kirk Cousins might go on a streak where he is putting up good numbers and we're still winning because that is you know like it's super underrated that we are able to pick up wins while we're going through kind of not a low streak of Kirk Cousins because he's been playing fine especially this game he he threw zero pounds you know Two touchdowns, no picks, and he, that's great. That's awesome. But I think, you know, a best-case scenario, what you're really looking for is that he and, you know, some of these other players can go back to some of these statistics that they were maybe putting up to really push us into that, you know, position of having truly convincing and complete wins. Because Kirk even said it, like, in a press conference, he said last year, you know, it feels like we were – we were playing really well and, you know, not getting the wins this year. You know, it seems like we, we could be playing a lot better, <laughs> but we're getting the wins. So mm. hopefully we find a little bit of crossover with that after the bye week. My whole thing so, is don't focus on statistics as a team in any team sport. A lot of times when players start focusing on statistics and trying to do better, that's when you start taking away from the team sport and becoming individual I think the best thing for the Vikings to do is look at what they've been doing in these last games that we're winning, how have they been playing as a team, and just keep that going. That's the most important thing is when you're in unison. That's true. But at the same time, the only thing I'd like to say, I'd like to see more, more offensive players get involved, prove that they can be involved, you know, especially well, KJ Osborne. He's somebody hard. that he can do yeah. a lot when he's got the ball in his hands, but it's, he hasn't been really getting the ball in his hands all that much this year. So that's really well, the only thing I'm yeah. looking for. I totally agree with you. I, it's hard you know, when Justin Jefferson's taking 45% of the kind of like total yardage and offensive productivity, which is great for him. It's stellar. I mean, I'm, I'm not hating. It's awesome to have a guy like that on your team, but it's kind of, I think that's a yeah. lot of the reason why we're not seeing a big burst of, statistics all around on offense now you know what we need guys you know I, we keep talking about the bye week coming up you know that's all fine and dandy now the vikings made some moves today i don't know if you guys saw we did some practice squad shuffling however we have left one spot vacant on the roster how interesting really? could there be a move coming odell beckham jr tweeted today Oh, yeah, by the way, 
and then eyeball emojis, like the ones where it's like, uh oh, those emojis. So his decision is coming. It is the Vikings bye week. There is one remaining uh, spot on our roster to fill the fifty-three. Just um, saying. Well, you know, like let's entertain that idea for just a second. I mean that that is a move that I think makes this offense a Super Bowl team. Oh, all the more multiples, you know, because not only Kevin O'Connell's he were he was in Kevin O'Connell's offense last year. Makes sense. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it, not only do you have to worry about Jefferson, now you have to worry about Odell to, you know, Pro Bowl, all pro ceiling type of guys. And then you've got Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne just waiting in the wings. You don't have to rely on those guys to make plays if Jefferson can't get open. That is that that would be huge. A little do we have spendy, the money for it? I don't know. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I don't know if we got the money for that, but <laughs> Because he would, I think he would have to take a pay cut. And also, I mean, if you do that, where does that put Thielen? Wide out three. We're here to win. That's just no. It. I know we're, we're here to we win. We were just saying. We were but, just saying. Let's like if we if we're not thinking about individual stats, if we're thinking about team and team wins, it's a no brainer. No, no, but you gotta understand. I mean, Adam Thielen is one of our most is one of our biggest veterans on offense. You take his spot away, that's going to ruffle a few feathers on the team. And I, not even just on the team, I think in the fan base as well, which is I something. Don't know if I and, agree with that. Well, and I'm just going to say this Odell has proven not to be the, e- the most easy person to work with. He has had problems hey, in locker room great, before. He worked great in Kevin O'Connell's offense last year. That is true. They loved him in LA. No, no, I, yeah, long, but, but he's not there. there. He's still not there. It's just, I. I don't know. I think it's an, it's a nice entertainment thought. If I, it's in a Madden game, I love it. In real life, it kind of frightens me a little bit just because there's a lot of unknowns that will come with it. Um, and, I, I mean, I, it would only be for – if we did do it, I think it would be a very similar contract to what he had in L.A. It would be like a one-year deal or something like that. And, but, and yeah, and that's, that's what we're looking at, and I think that's honestly probably what he's looking for. Um I know there was some reports earlier I was reading that uh, Green Bay, they did offer him a deal, but they offered him the veteran minimum. Yeah. So, like, it looks like the the market, as far as money for paying Odell, is kind of favorable for the Vikings. And, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that they will be signed by them, but, you know, we do have a little <laughs> bit of money. We don't have a lot of cap space, but we can certainly give him more than the veteran minimum. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it, it's a, that's a, that's a really fun idea. And I'd love to see it happen personally, but uh, anyway, so Back to the Vikings, going into the bye week five and one, they've got time that they can actually prepare during the bye week because they are a very healthy team. You know, they don't have to spend this time nursing injuries. They can actually use it to prepare a little bit while also getting rest. But uh, an interesting stat that I saw this week <coughs> is that last year, the Vikings had a minus 73 point differential in the final four minutes of halves. By far, by far the worst in the NFL minus 73 point differential in the final four minutes of halves. And before Monday night football, the Vikings point differential 
in the final four minutes of halves this year has been plus 33. That is a huge turnaround. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge turnaround. And that is honestly probably the biggest reason for the Vikings' success this year, if you think about it. You know, we were even saying it last year. We were aware of how, man, these last few minutes of games, they really just they really just know how to let the other team back in and lose a game. And they I think a lot of doing that this year. I think a lot of credit needs to go to players like Zadarius Smith. Uh, but especially on the defense MVP right now. I mean, our defense is playing – it's a completely different defense from last year, it looks like. Everyone's just knowing their roles, playing it. Um, even last game, I mean, it wasn't the most flashy game, but I was able to start to see Daniel Hunter start to cause some mayhem, well, like taking up two blocks thing. and whatnot and allowing somebody else to get to the QB or running back. To defend Daniel Hunter for a minute, I didn't even quite realize the matchups he had to start this year off. He was oh, going tough. against – he was going against some crazy, really good left tackles and right tackles. So I am but, very yeah, okay just... with him not producing until now. I didn't really quite realize how tough his matchups were. Absolutely. And if you throw in what Donatel was saying about how sometimes this transition, the first month of really playing in, you know, in a new scheme, going from a 4-3 to a 3-4, sometimes that can be a, you know, it can Dark be a little bit of a transition for some guys. And maybe that was just coach speak, but it's looking like it's it's true. He, Daniel Hunter might be coming back. Yeah, but I mean, but let's go to Zadarius Smith. I mean, did anybody expect this guy to be playing the way he's playing right now? I mean, he is – he's one of the most fun defensive players I've seen on the Vikings in quite some time. And, I mean, he is so contagious – to where he gets a big play, the whole defense just gets going and starts playing on a completely another level. And it's hard to believe that a lot of these guys were on our team last year, not Zadarius Smith, of course, but it's just the effect of this one player. It's probably my favorite story of the Vikings this season is just what Zadarius Smith has been able to do. Yeah. Yeah. Zadarius Smith has really been the anchor of this offense. Uh, defense. I mean, defense. I'm sorry. But uh, no, they, we, we had a lot of, a lot of big plays from defense. You know, there was that absurd interception by Harrison Smith, forced by Bynum, actually. He was able to get under it. Kendrick's able to get under it, too. And uh, Smith actually was able to return the favor. He forced that fumble on Jalen Waddle for uh, his partner Bynum to recover there. So some big plays in extremely And even Patrick Peterson, he had a big interception, too. Yeah, he did. He did. I, I saw uh, Patrick Peterson has gotten an inter- at least one interception every single season of his career, which is really awesome for him, for especially for a guy who has not been necessarily known to be a ball hawk. Yeah. Yeah, so huge for him. Really, really big game for the defense. I saw the, the post-game uh, speech that Kevin O'Connell made. Every defensive player got a game ball just because there were so many big plays on defense. They couldn't, they couldn't just choose – one player they gave every defensive player a game ball and you know i think that's the biggest um the biggest difference from last season to this season is last season our offense was able to do so much but the defenses was not able to even keep um keep the offense in the spot that they can win games and now this season there's been a couple games where even our offense hasn't looked as good as it did last season but the defense is just there and doing more than enough to get us the w and, I mean, it's just right now, we're – I don't know. I'm very satisfied with the Vikings um, to kind of bring up this is our old year meter. I mean, now I'm sitting at an 80. I mean, I'm 
pumped for this Vikings team going into the bye week. Offense is looking good. Defense is looking great. Um, we're looking like one of the most complete teams in the NFL right now. And I know that I'm a Vikings fan, and that might have some bias in there, but I mean, well, really. I, just, I also think that we got really lucky with where our bye hit because we're at a place right now where, guys, this is we think about the Dolphins. You think about the Bears, the Lions. It, yeah. We're several games in a row that realistically, with how good our offense allegedly is, should have been blowouts. And they still haven't been. Really not a great showing from Kirk initially to start the start the game out. So I'm a little nervous just about, like I said, we're a pimple. It's going to pop during this bye week. We're either going to come out and we're going to win another two, three games in a row, or we're going to come out and we're going to show our true colors that we did absolutely nothing during the bye week. So when that pimple pops, are we going to have, have a clear face or are we going to have a big, ugly scab? Ooh, Mikey, Mikey, Mikey. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm pretty confident with us right now. I mean, let's look at going into the half. This is the second week of buys. We already have three half the divisional games that we're going to face this year have won. The rest of our division is looking like crap. I was talking with uh, Carly today, and I even said, I'm like, man, the Vikings right now with where we're at, we might be three wins away from already being in a spot to clinch a playoff position. Like, that's how good the season is going. If we can win the next three games that we have or the next three of the next five, I, I really don't see how we're not going to make the playoffs. I mean, and I mean, I know that's coming early, but man, the team and has just done everything basically right that we needed to get done at this point. Well, here's Except something I was thinking Odell about. Beckham Jr. That still needs to happen. No, I mean, that honestly, like, Maybe maybe that, but you look at teams like, you know, the the Rams or the Bills this year. You know, they go out and they make big moves. Uh, Bills this year, they sign Vaughn Miller, brings their defense to a whole different level. The Rams do the same thing last year with OBJ. The Vikings could be one of those teams that are attracting some of those big, those big ticket free agents right now. So, like, honestly, if it happens... I don't think we've proved it enough as the thing. We're one of the... We're kind of like the Giants or the Jets where it's like, geez, how is this team doing so on the well? Giants. Don't sleep on the Giants. They're playing very well. Not a team yeah. I want to face. But you know what I'm saying? It's we yeah. haven't proved – we're not dominating. We're not a Bills. <laughs> we're not one you know, of those teams. It's true. You know, we've gotten lucky, and that's half of it, you know. But there's really only, only three – what, three teams in the NFL right now that are, you know – Truly dominant, complete day in and day out teams. You got a lot of bills, teams are having problems. The, like the bills, this has been a hard year. That's pretty much it. And I, I mean, even those that. teams, but even the Bills, uh, to the exception of the Bills and the Chiefs, they still had games they've struggled, and they still have had games where they they don't. They kind of, they almost look like they're in a similar situation as the Vikings. I'd say the Eagles are the clear separated, and I mean, I think the Eagles are right now the best team in the NFL, and it's not even close to how good they are to the next team. But I think there's just such a small gap right now for the rest of the league. I think this is one of the years where the league is talent is so evenly uh, distributed throughout the league because we're seeing a lot of these crazy underdog games like last week, Jets beating Packers. Who would have guessed that? Um, Or uh, Ravens losing to the Steelers. Uh, there's a lot of these games now that 
you would think, hey, this is a clear team. They're going to win this, and they're not winning. Um, but, no, I agree with the, the three teams that you listed, Mikey. And to be honest, I would put Vikings right at that fourth spot. As right now, throughout the whole league of the most scary teams, I think we're sitting at right now the fourth. And I think, I think the Bills, Chiefs, and uh, Eagles are the teams that are above us right now. Right. I think teams that kind of sit in that same bubble as us is, okay, you got to give credit where credit is due to those Giants. And honestly, I'll give credit to the Jets as well. They, and Cowboys. Uh, Don't sleep some, on the they've Cowboys. Got some, they've got some players. I'll throw the Cowboys in there. And I'll Best defense the in the league right now. Just because they've got some excellent, excellent players as well. So I, I put the Vikings in that kind of a bubble, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about this game, you know, and how it very easily, you know, without these defensive adjustments and this defense being able to carry us this year, like they were not able to at all last year, this game could have very easily ended up a lot like that Cleveland Browns game last year, where I think the score was 7-14. to 14. Like – yeah, the Vikings come out hot for one drive and then can't get anything done. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I, that's not I, always it, a bad thing. But because now we have a defense that apparently, you know, in the biggest moments, in the most important moments, when this offense just can't click, they can make it work. That is, that does seem to be the difference this year. Is that we're we're running into hey, we can actually you know close out games somehow. <laughs> Yeah, right. and we I'm can look saying... absolutely inept throughout the first chunk of the game, and somehow you know look super good by by I'm the saying... end of it. And I'm going to say I'm it right now. This, I'm not saying Four... this defense is clutch. By I'm not saying that yet. Not ready to say this is a clutch defense, but it's a step in the right direction from last year for sure. And here's my hot take on the season right now: Kirk Cousins, the most lethal QB in the fourth quarter. He is playing lights out ball in the fourth quarter this year like if you are within four points and I would not want to face Kirk Cousins right now like if you're going into the last like three two minutes on a two minute drill in the fourth quarter he's just I have so much confidence in him on this season on just finishing games out dude is poised he is wheeling and dealing he can he's reminding me of a young Ben Roethlisberger in the fourth quarter Mikey that might go over your head because you weren't a big football fan but Kerry you'll understand that like Back in, like, the late 2000s, early 2010s, Ben Roethlisberger was the most lethal QB in the fourth quarter. He would he had more comeback games than any other QB. And this season, Kirk Cousins is just killing it. Oh, yeah. I know I think exactly as a, what you mean. I think as, like, maybe a similar one, you know, because I, I really only got into, into the NFL, you know, in the last – not, you know, not 10 years ago. But, you know, I'm thinking about Russell Wilson of the last few years. Not – not recently, not last year, but Russell Wilson used to be able to lead, you know, a fourth quarter comeback like anybody, you know, and you just had the confidence that he'd be able to do it. Even if they're getting outplayed all game, you leave a little bit of room and you give them time on that last drive. I've got nothing but confidence in Kirk this year. Yeah. Also, how many chains is that guy going to have by the end of the season? Oh my gosh. Yeah. He (laughs) is. I, I saw a meme so hard. It was like one of it was like week one when he was wearing that god awful like yellow button up shirt, and it's like t-shirt. yes, yeah. He's like, I'll have your daughter home by eight, and then it was the picture after the Miami's uh, the Miami game, and it was titled "She's calling me daddy now." 
No, yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's just Kirk, it. Swagged out Kirk, you love to see it. You know, that's I mean, the kind of thing that attracts, you know, that kind of confidence attracts uh-huh. and brings out confidence from other guys. And, hey, that might even bring somebody like OBJ here. Like, hey, Kirk's got some swag, you know. No, and OBJ's the kind of guy, he he loves football, obviously. He has such a fun time playing the game. And the Vikings are a fun team this year. Mike Zimmer, yeah, did you see that, that, that cranky defense, old man is gone. That Mike, defensive uh, celebration, where, like we had a gritty – uh, somebody did the Jalen Waddle dance. Like it was like all the all those things meshed together. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Oh, there was there was a Miami. I think it was the tight end for Miami. He like did oh, yeah, the gritty. And the, the broadcasters were like, "That might be the most ugly gritty I've ever seen in my life." Dude, he's gotta be. That's gotta be the worst gritty in the NFL. That guy. He's like, "Okay, I'm sorry. I'll never do it again." It looked a lot better in front of my bathroom mirror. <laughs> it I looked promise. better when Justin did it. I'll only do it at home. <laughs> but no, I mean, but again, to go back to it, I mean, wow, how lucky we are to have the Vikings going into bye week five and one. Um, right. I it just, I cannot express the, the confidence that I, it, it gives the fan base. And also I believe the players, it is just absolutely ridiculous. And it is, wow. I'm just impressed with this team. Even right. like, I'll admit the offense isn't playing as, level that we thought but they're still playing at such a high level and we know they can we know i mean justin jefferson is still on i think he's now after this last game he kind of dropped a little bit below but he's still on par to beat randy moss's uh the minnesota vikings um receiving yard on a season um but yeah i mean geez this team is just playing so well yeah yeah i mean this last game was a bit. I mean, it was kind of boring to watch more than anything, just because there were so many punts, you know, both sides. Yeah. But, but again, it was one of those battles of attrition, and you know, they made it happen. Where a lot of times last year you wouldn't see that happen. Well, and also let's give like what we said. We started the episode out. I think a lot of people were kind of a little like, "Wow, why is the offense not putting up high points?" Let's not forget they were playing in what 110 degrees. Yeah, no, super. I hard. mean, it's not and the fact that he still he didn't we he didn't throw any interceptions and still got two touchdowns. Like, I think I can overlook the statistics, looking at all the causes and what they had to deal with and what they had to come up against. Like, basically, when you go on the bench, you usually get a rest. Not this time; you're literally sitting in direct hum- sunlight and humid Miami weather. But yeah, no, I mean, ooh, big win. Right, right, and you know, there there's something. There is just something that feels it's different. You know, there's something different this year. There's five and one. The team's energy feels different. You know, you look at them, the way that they interact with each other, the way that they boost each other up. And of course, it's easy to boost each other up when you're winning. But now we've got (coughs) momentum going into this bye week. Green Bay is in shambles. Uh, Chicago is non-existent. And Detroit is in a pit that they can't, they won't be able to dig themselves out of. Like it. It just is different this year, you know. We should we should be happy, and this is a great time to be a fan. And even if we eat our words later, enjoy the time while it lasts, you know. Well, here's a fun fact: worst case scenario, we go fifty, we go uh, we go five hundred in divisional games. That's worst case scenario right now. And yeah. I mean, a lot of times you can still make the playoffs or a potential even win the division having that. So I mean, we just. To the exception of the Eagles game, which I think we can all agree. I mean, that's 
that's probably right now looking like the favorite team for a Super Bowl on the NFC side. Uh, oh, yeah. Eagles-Bills is what everyone is saying right now. It's Yeah. And it's the just, country simply does not have the infrastructure to support that kind of a Super Bowl. They don't have yeah, enough uh, tables. Yeah. Tables. They don't have enough tables to be broken or cop cars mm-hmm. to be flipped. Yeah, or light poles to yep. grease up. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, I don't think America could survive another Eagles Super Bowl win. Last time it happened, it was hor- horrifying. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Looking forward into this season. The next two games for the Vikings after the bye, we've got the Cardinals, who have been, you know, in shambles. They get DeAndre Hopkins back, Marquise Brown out with an injury at least multiple weeks. Probably not. And now they got Robbie Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, I was going to say they just Robbie signed Anderson. Robbie Anderson today. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd think too much all about that. You know. Uh, well, I think that's a better. Pres- I think it's good for Robbie Anderson. Oh, absolutely. I think, so I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I, I think it's, I think it's a good ad because they still don't know when DeAndre is coming back. So I think he's I actually coming, isn't he coming back this week? Is it this week officially? Yeah, it is. That's his uh, his suspension will be up. Yeah, but I bet he's going to be on. A, I wonder if he'll play the whole game or if he'll be on a minimal snap count. Because has he been able to practice with the team while this has been going on? I think he's been able to practice for a little while. I don't know when he got back to practice, but I know he has been at practice. Cool, but still, I mean, that's a good that that they're making a contention to have one of the best. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, anyway. Cardinals, you know, they've been struggling this year. They're two and four right now. Um, I think, you know, no reason why we shouldn't be able to win that game. We've been able to win other games. And then we've got Washington after that. No reason why we shouldn't be able to win that game. No reason we should not be seven and one when we go to face the Bills. And that will be really, really a true test. And it's not one that I'm looking forward to. But that will be a true test to see how this team does against real adversity. Because, you know, I'm willing to even give them a pass on that Eagles game. It was week two with a brand new coach. This is the first time that they were even behind, you know. Yeah. Well, because not, when they faced the Packers, it was also they, in prime time. It was prime exactly. Time. There's all of these factors. Maybe not give them a pass because the Eagles are very good. I, I don't want to take away from the Eagles. But yeah. this might be one of their first true, true tests that they can really be ready for with, you know, no excuses. I know, and it's still a little early, but uh, we're not at the Bills game. But, I mean, if the Vikings can – if we can do well the next two weeks and if we can beat the Bills, we must be recognized as a true threat. Like, if we can get that to be over the Bills. Team, we would be a top team in the NFL right now. We're number four on ESPN's power rankings right now. They're, oh, ESPN does Vikings so dirty. I hate looking at the power rankings. The Vikings get treated like crap. We're like, well, hey, I tell you what, in just about every power ranking, finally, it took them this long, Vikings are ranked ahead of the Packers. I know, it's ridiculous. The Packers have looked I, – I still do not understand what those people were looking at to put the Packers over us. The Packers have looked like – it's been such an insult, and it infuriates me. because I, I mean, if the Packers maybe had a similar record, I understand it. But the Packers don't have receivers – they just don't have anything going for them. And, like, I don't get why people think this – it's Aaron Rodgers. Oh, just because Aaron Rodgers is on the team, they're going to be amazing. And I think the same goes for Buccaneers, is these two teams with old QBs are really not playing that well. But the NFL and all these people who make power rankings just swear to it because they have a history of playing well. And it's just like stop looking at one player on a team 
and actually grade the whole team as a whole. Right. Like, I'll definitely put the Buccaneers over the Packers because they still have Mike Evans. Chris Godwin is back. And, you know, uh, there is a little bit of credit to be given for, you know, a player who plays historically well, like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. But when Aaron Rodgers isn't playing well and he doesn't have any weapons, there's no outlook. There's no light at the end of this tunnel for them, really, unless they make some major changes. And to be honest, the Packers are looking – they're a bottom-half team. I don't get why they're getting ranked and people are saying this team is so good. They're not even – I would argue they're not even the second-best team in the division. Like, like, honestly, I know the Detroit is ranked the worst, but I'm more scared of the Detroit team than than Chicago or Green Bay because I know the Detroit team can put up points. I know Green Bay and Chicago can't. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of points, uh, just gotta. I, I do. I do have a question. Okay. For good. You. All right. So, how, how well do you remember last season? So, this year the Vikings' current point differential is plus twenty-one on the season, and they are the only positive point differential in the division. So that's really good news, but. At the end of last year, what was their final point differential? Oh, jeez. And, Carrie, you won this one. So, Austin, you get the chance to take the question or defer it to Carrie. So, what's the question? Is it going – was it going into half the bye week last year or at the end I of the season? Their final. Final point differential at the end of the year. Oh, we had a losing season. Uh – I'll guess – I don't want Kerry to – I don't know. I feel like he's going to always jump above me. I'll go 76. You're talking plus or minus? Minus, so of course. We had a losing record. There's no way we would have a plus. Okay, okay. Is that your final answer? I'll go with that, yeah. All right, Kerry, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to do minus 25. Is that your final answer? Correct. You know, it is interesting because the Vikings did have a losing record this year. I mean, last year. Last year. But they played in so many close games that their final point differential was minus one. Wow. I knew it was going to be bad. I didn't realize it was going to be that small. Minus. I I know. I thought it was going to be real bad. I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, and it, it really does. It felt like it was a lot worse, doesn't it? Yeah, because I was just looking at how many games we lost, and I was like, oh, it has to be high, because I'm thinking, like, at least, yeah, oh, that makes sense. Because I was, like, thinking, like, how many games did we lose? I bet we lost by, like, six to eight, and eight. yeah, that makes sense. Wow. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a – it was, it was a really close year as far as point differential goes. And, obviously, point differentials don't get you to the playoffs. But, you know, they're more of an indicator as how, you know – how well you're doing, how many points can your offense put up versus how many points your defense lets up. Of course, that's what that means. But also, I, I think, think we're, we're in a really I, nice place, you know, through six weeks this year, plus 21. Again, the mm-hmm. only positive point differential in the division. The reason I went so high, because you, you said a very similar thing earlier in the episode. I think, what was it? You said the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, that I it, it was a more specific point differential. It has to do with the last four minutes of halves. Yeah, because you said that. Yeah, because you said a really high number, 
and, oh, I think that's why I went with that too. Oh, dang, I should have thought more. Hey, that's oh, all right. Shoot. You know, this is one. Shoot. It frick. Dang it. <laughs> dang it. it. Oh, poop on a stick. This is one that, you know, I feel like it's not one that I would really know if I hadn't looked it up, you know. So I yeah, would have had I, no I knew it was going to be low, but I didn't realize it was going to be that, like, close to zero. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's intense. Yeah, no, pretty, pretty intense. So what but, do we uh, have right now for a score? How I think you just went up a point or up two points. Yeah, no, Kerry is now up eight to six. Dang. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to feel like Atlanta. Oof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those poor, those poor Falcons. But oh, anyway, speaking of which, I figured it out uh, on last episode. I was talking about the bird gauntlet. It's the New Orleans Saints. We're facing all five bird teams, and they have won their first two. They're facing, I think, the Cardinals this weekend. Yep. And if they get that, that's the third one. And they have to face the Eagles is the last matchup, which I think is very good. Very good. It should be the last matchup. They're the ultimate bird team. Well, but. yeah, that's the, I, I saw that. I think we, we may have seen the same graphic. They had Thanos down there next to the to the Eagles logo. And that is in week 17. So they will have to wait a long time to see if they can be the first team to complete that bird gauntlet. And honestly, you know, I, I hate the Saints, but I kind of want them. I want them to do it. Yeah. I mean, I want them to do it, if not only for the reason of putting L on those Eagles. You know, if we can get, if, if those Eagles can get a couple of losses, I mean, yep. that's going to be really, it's going to feel a lot better going into the playoffs, at least, you know? For sure. Yeah. Well, anyway, that score is now eight to six. Kerry is up ahead. Uh, Austin, you already Let's did go. your, your uh, this is our year o meter, and you put us at a, at a solid 80. And I like that. I think I was at an 80 last week. You know, I'm feeling the vibes. I'm feeling it. Five and one going into the bye week. Uh, again, like I if I'm going with this same logic of no reason why we can't be seven and one going up against those bills, I'll put us at an 85. 85 feels just about right. You know, it's it's nice and warm without, you know, w- we haven't had, again, that true test. We have not passed that true test. And if we can, if we can ever get to a point where we're beating those bills, man, we are, we're going to be sky high. Uh-huh. And I mean, I'll say it again. I, we have a really favorable schedule this year. Um, we really got a good, I mean, Nothing to look at because what we took second last year in the division, so it's not like we're facing bad teams. But the teams that we are facing, we definitely just our team is built, I think, to outrun them. And yeah, I mean, I I'll say it again. I've been saying it all episode. Five and one did not expect it. I love to see it, and we have put ourselves in a position to win. And, and we'll I that's, you, that's something I have not been able to say about the Vikings in quite some time. I will tell you one thing, though. You know, we mentioned that favorable schedule. Um, a couple of teams, you know, and that I'm not really looking forward to facing quite as much. You mentioned the Giants, but also the Jets. You know, those both looked like gimme games at the beginning of the season, <laughs> and they are very much not going to be that. Well, we'll, see how, we'll see how these silly New York teams look at that point. But um, I, as far as my this is our Eurometer – I'm still not pleased with the overall performance of the offense. And until something gets figured out, AKA the bye week, um, I am not rating this team above an 80. And that's the sad truth. 
So I'm I'm sticking with the 76. Well, Just like the trombones so, in the parade. Yeah. Wow. That's... I mean, one thing to take from the last... Downer, Carrie. Yeah, one thing, I think one thing to bring a little up uh, to take from this last week is just, you're right, we didn't look the most pretty. This wasn't a game that we looked great in. But looking at everything we had to play against, the conditions, the fact that we got a W, and this is, what, the first time we've been able to win in Miami since 1970? Like, it's a pretty big win. So a really big win for us. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, these are these are professional football players. You know, everybody out there is good. We can sit on our couch and say, oh, they suck. You know, but I everybody, yeah, everybody I out that there one. is good. And most teams are not going to get pretty wins every week, like the Bills or the Eagles, you know. And, again, like you even mentioned before, even those teams have found times where they've been struggling. But. I mean, you got to be happy with where we are, but also know that there's still room, a lot of room to improve. And to me, that's encouraging because when we've gotten to five and one with where this team is now with still room to get better, man. Yeah. Like you said, Carrie, this bye week, let's pop the zit. Gross. (laughs) That was so much silence after that. Sorry, guys. But wait up. Mike, well, anyway, here. I'm eating dinner, all right? Hey, wow. hey, hey. All right, all right. I'm not actually eating dinner. No, that's fair. Well, somebody might be. Uh, Kevin O'Connell might be eating dinner when he's listening to this. What, what? Question for you guys. What do you, how do you think Mike Zimmer feels right now? Like, do you think, like, he's just like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> the fact that we've just completely turned around as a team – with very little really big changes. I mean, I think the biggest one was Darius Smith coming to our team. And now look at us. We're just playing so so above what we were last year. Yeah, and I, I bet he's still skeptical. You know, he might be one of those people who's saying, oh, just wait. You know, they've got all these problems. Wait till you, wait till you face a, a really good team. Like the Bills, you know, I, I think he's one of the, he's got to be one of those people, or maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he's just straight up spending time with his grandkids. Maybe or Kellen Mond watching the game each weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah he and Kellen Mond are hanging out. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Oh, well, anyway, this was a this was a really fun post game. You know, I, I feel like I've heard we've heard so much through this season of just kind of kind of negativity on the Vikings, despite them winning. But it feels good to go into the bye week, you know, knowing that there's still a lot to work on, but feeling really good about where they are and where they've positioned themselves to be. And with that, uh, I guess we will we'll talk to you at some point during the during the bye week. I suppose we'll find a time to do we'll some, uh, some bye week fun. Some games, some shenanigans. Exactly. Just just guys being dudes, just having fun, you know? It'll be great. It'll be great. So uh, you know, keep keep an eye out, keep an ear out for for that when that drops. And in the meantime, I guess uh we'll talk to you later. Hey, catch you later. Later.
and welcome to the after show. It's the Vikings TIOY after show. Um, after show. Uh, I yeah. am coming down to the cities next weekend. Oh, really? Yes. What are you doing down in the city? I have an event, a uh, work event. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, like, when... uh, it's a work event, and but I will have to connect. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I mean, if you have time in the afternoon, we could do something. Well, yeah. I will be roll. We'll be leaving Moorhead at like noon, and the event starts at four. So we're gonna have to like head straight to the event. But I'm thinking after. Yeah, you, uh, sure. you're gonna be able to watch the game in the cities on Sunday, or are you going gonna be back in Moorhead by then? I am unfortunately carpooling down. Are you staying uh, the night? Then I'm assuming Saturday night. Yes, I am staying the night. Well, well still, like, I'm, like, I'm on other people's schedules. I see, I see. Well, anyway, definitely, yeah. I'd love to love to find a time where you know you're free and able to connect. I think I should be free next weekend. Is it this coming up weekend or next weekend? Next weekend. Yeah, I should be free. I have nothing going on. Yeah, not during the bye week. Yeah. Yeah. I will be not here. You know, we were just talking about how you know we we dropped we dropped a certain a certain friend's location. Uh, during the after show and we just we just did it again to ourselves so Eh, you know we have those crazy crazy you know psycho fanatics of this show they know where to find us (laughs) yeah the Packers fans Jesus I'm gonna have some pizza tonight been craving it all day what kind um it's either I picked up a few I picked up there's a, a taco pizza or a garlic chicken Alfredo pizza. Oh, do the garlic chicken. That's kind of what I'm leaning toward. I'm not, you know, hot take. I don't like ta- taco pizzas. They never are done right. Never done right. And like the chips I get put on them always come out soggy and I just don't like it. I don't know if you I guys have ever had a... Me, someone changed my mind. Someone make me a good taco pizza. But yeah, right no, now it's so good one. I'd love to. You know, I, I don't know if you guys have ever had a Pizza Corner pizza. Shout out to Pizza Corner. But they do a really good, really good taco pizza. And they do a really good garlic chicken Alfredo pizza. So both of those I bought. So, I, I mean, we're just going to see. And it's one of those things where I feel like I agree with you on the taco pizza. It's not usually done right. And it's not usually something that I think about and I go, ooh, I want a taco pizza. But... For some reason, Pizza Corner, I feel like they 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 do something right with it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Michael. Hey. All uh, right, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to block this out because I'm about to flush a toilet. Oh well. This is the after, the after show. show. Anything goes. You should have done it during the reg- the actual show, and then I would have blocked it out. So. No, no, I I mean I literally left my I brought the phone into the bathroom because I really had a go to the bathroom and it was going to be a really loud one so i literally had to run out of the bathroom lay the phone down in another room and then run back so you guys wouldn't hear me um wow. literally destroying the bathroom just <laughs> during the show yeah literally just like right before we closed that's why i didn't say anything on the close wow really so, okay okay I, I was listening to a podcast that joe buck was on and he told a story about he has peed in a bottle 
while calling a play. Oh, I believe it, yeah, because they can't walk away or anything. Not but just the during a commercial he, break. No, 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 no. He did it during a play. During a play, he was like, and there goes so-and-so to the 20-yard line. And, you know, he's peeing while he's I would love it. to try to find it. I did there, see another – I saw a funny Joe Buck video today. It was like – it must have been in 2008 or 2013 when the Giants were in the Super Bowl. And um, he was, like, out in New York. And, uh, like, the people were like – like, one of the guys was like, Joe, you can be on the street without anybody harassing you. He's like, no, New York loves Joe Buck. They they don't have anything wrong with me. They love me here. And then random New Yorker walking from behind turns around. And he's like, we effing hate you, Joe Buck. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, you could just see him, like, he looks to the camera guy. And he's like, can we retake that? And the camera guy's like, no. Not at all. <laughs> That's awesome. That's good. That's good. I love that. Oh, man. Just the relief that would have to happen, you know, when, when you're calling a play and you get it right. And it, wow. You know, that's, that's unreal. To the 30, I was, I was just, because to it's like, for me personally, you know, I, I drink, I drink a lot of <laughs> liquids in the morning. So like when I'm at work, I, I take quite a few bathroom breaks, but like it when if you're, if you're a commentator, you know, for, any professional football game, you don't really get a chance for, through that whole three hours or whatever. You're not going to coffee up or drink a bottle of water before you go on because you don't really get a break. Even if they go to commercial break, that's not enough time, you know, and halftime, you got to be there to talk. Hot take, who is your guys' favorite broadcaster? Uh, my favorite combo I have ever heard was uh, uh, Gus Johnson and Akeem Tlaib. Mikey? You know, I, mm, it's tough. That's, that's a tough one. Um, a lot of times I feel like I don't, I don't really pay as much attention to the TV broadcasters. Personally, if I can't watch the game, it's not a big deal to me. I think Paul Allen, PA, I think he, he does one of the best jobs, the voice of the Vikings. He's excellent. He's got to be my favorite. Also, the guy who said, the guy who said, I'm calling both games. (laughs) I like Tony Romo a lot. No, you don't. I love Tony Romo. He's hilarious. No. He is good. I loved, I love Tony Romo. Sorry, Kerry. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's not. He's the worst. He has like the best like prediction of calling plays. I think out of any commentator. Well, did you guys see he predicted the final score of the Chiefs game? I did. I'm see not that. surprised by that. Tony Romo's amazing, but if if it's Monday night, I'm not gonna lie. I love when it's like ESPN two or something, and they do like the Mannings. Yep. In that case, it's Eli Manning. I love Eli Manning. He just makes he cracks me up too much. The Manning cast is excellent, and they bring on guests too. It's a fun time. Oh, I love when they bring up guests, and like sometimes the guests really don't know football, <laughs> and it's just hilarious. But yes, yeah. Right. Well, anyway, I think I'm gonna go uh, get ready to make that pizza. Yes, and then maybe this weekend we could do a episode on uh, the rest of the division. Yeah, especially yeah. if they all lose, we can call it a a winning weekend for the winless Vikings on the weekend, or some shit like that. No, that's perfect. Actually. <laughs> 
That, that was a lot of words. A winning, that was a lot of words. A winning <laughs> weekend for the winless Vikings on the weekend. This is our year. This is our year. All right. We need as many words and letters in there as it allows us to. <laughs> yeah, just fill up that character count. I, I, I've never filled it up, so maybe maybe someday we will. This is, is the weekend. One? This <laughs> is our episode. I love it. All right. All right, again, you guys go cook that pizza. I don't know what you're up to for the rest of the night, Carrie, but you have a good night. I think it's going to be, since I've got a long weekend, I think tonight I'm going to stay up a little bit, play some video games, hang out, relax a bit. That's probably what I'm, that's what I'm doing. Heck yeah. Love to hear it. You playing, right. Jerry? Well, what am I playing? Yeah. Uh, a little bit of Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah, I was going to say, you playing Fortnite with all those kids? All right. No, so let's calm down here. All right. I'm not out here, you know. But at the same time, there are definitely times where it's like, okay, that was a nine-year-old, you know? No, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, my six-year-old, five-year-old nephew – like, anytime I go back home to see them, he's like, do you want to watch me play Fortnite? And I'm like, not really, but sure. But he's actually good. He wins a lot. When somebody says, yeah, do you want to watch me play video games? No, I'm serious, <laughs> Carrie. He, like, typically always finishes in, like, the like top ten, and I've seen him win, like, six times. Yeah, right. You guys ever no, see I'm that serious. video of that were- little kid who, uh, who won his first game of Fortnite, and he was, like, crying like he just won the Super Bowl? Oh, I, I remember the first time. Well, it was the first time I saw him when he just went nuts. And then there was a time I think I like told him, like, I'll give you like five bucks if you win. Now I won't do that anymore because he wins too much. Mm. But Carrie, just watch out. You might get schooled by my nephew. Yeah, right. No, I'm Carrie. You got to understand kids are going to be better than you at that. Like, no, thanks. No, I mean, I've got experience with this, too. Like my girlfriend's younger brother. He's honestly not even that much younger than us. I always felt like growing up, I was pretty good at Smash. But I don't know. Kids, you know, not even that much younger than us. They're just, they're way better. You know, they learn all these new controls, you know, that we didn't really have on our old systems. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just think of like, how good are these kids going to be like when they go to like, when they become like professional esports people, yeah. you know, when that this new generation of kids. <coughs> gets a little bit older and they start taking it seriously like they are gonna be they're gonna be so good i'm not gonna lie this new madden game made me feel like an old person this was like the first time madden actually made me feel old because i was like oh these controls are hard and i'm scared to play my nephews because they're gonna the old ones oh see that that just proves my point carrie you're getting old yep i switched back to the old ones i was like i can't do this anymore but the thing is, I think the new one's a great game. It's awesome. I like how it is. It's just the passing mechanics are so hard. Yeah. But... I said no thanks. All right, Mike, no, go make your pizza. Fine, fine, yes. fine. I will. All right. Well, skull, boys. Skull, skull.